Hello and welcome to another episode of Gravity Critics, joined currently by Obi. How are you? I'm sweet, mate. How are you? Good, thanks. Uh, the bubble tea is bringing all the boys to the yard. What flavour did you get? Uh, so this is, I've got honeydew milk. Honeydew milk? Mm. So like honeydew melon, but flavoured milk. Yeah. Surprisingly, quite nice. Okay. I, only got, I only got it because it was green and I like green, green things. But yeah. I wonder if the honeydew melon would have been green. I would have thought it'd been it's like, like a, it's like a yellow. It's more like a like a green kind of sort of vibe. What what flavour are the balls? Yeah. Uh, tapioca. Oh, just plain tapioca. Just plain tapioca, yeah. Skips made out of tapioca. Anyway, this is the contents that um flavour <laughs> of balls in his mouth. So. Chris will join us later uh, to talk about Ms. Marvel and Obi-Wan. Uh, but we are going to start with Top Gun Maverick, unless you've got any film news. I was literally thinking that. Uh, let's start with Top Gun and then um, whilst I look for film news. Okay. Of note. One thing that I read was that uh, Sony are re-releasing Spider-Man No Way Home on Labor Day, which means it's like September in America. I heard that as well. Did you, um, hear, they, did you hear they... Um, sorry, did you hear they re-released... Uh, Morbius and it made like $85,000 or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny because everyone on like Reddit and stuff has been going like it's Morbin time and just taking the absolute piss out of it and I think yeah. Sony thought that they were actually it was actually popular but uh, no more for them. They're just getting rinsed I think by audiences. Um, what is no, no way home will make like, a It probably will to be fair but I think with, with uh Morbius is kind of in that territory where like it's so bad that people might kind of like become find it a bit like endearing you know like the room is like so shit that people find there's like it's got like a cult following yeah it, it might it, I feel like it might kind of like turn into that kind of thing I don't know god I mean if they re-released that with you know things in order and the deleted scenes reinstated then I'd probably watch it but um, I mean you know No Way Home a few more scenes of the other two Spider-Men. I mean, I'll pro- if it comes out in the UK, I'll watch it, but I can't imagine it's going to add too much if they decided to remove it in the first place. Yeah, I need them to, if they're going to do it as well, make sure that, like, if it's, if it's CGI involved, that needs to be up to scratch because I'm still scarred from fucking watching Endgame and oh I my God. still look like a flipping CGI game. Can you imagine? That was, that was dreadful. I think how a, uh, a big studio can re-release a... T- dollar film and not even finish the CGI is kind of muggy. Absolutely. Think kind of muggy, very muggy. I'm using that mm. I was going to say, sorry, because I know it's so weird you said that because I was just thinking right, at some point, can we just do like a little five minute Love Island recap because it's TV. <laughs> <laughs> right, are you pulling me for a chat? <laughs> Mate, I'm saying I've got a text, that's what I'm saying. Fuck, I know you're pulling me for a chat. <laughs> My head's been turned. Um... <laughs> Let's do it now then. Alright, cool. <laughs> Where's Ketchy? She needs to come on. She's uh, she's literally just left. Uh she loves she's still watching Love Island. Yeah, now she's on it, yeah, yeah. Okay. Right, so we've got David Day come in. He's very good looking, to be fair to him. Chiseled. Stolen. Mm. He's bo- he's boring though. He's he not boring. boring. Yeah. I I mean I looked at him and like him, him and Gemma's conversations, and I was like, "Oh my god, there's not much like she, she, either what, of them." Mate, <laughs> so much listening to her, listening to her speak is like listening to her dad on commentary. Oh Oof. yeah, I know. She's so boring. Oh, my god. Yeah, and she's like, always looks really moody. Mm. 
Um, but yeah, Luca's nabbed her. He's really funny. Yeah, I like him a lot. Yeah. But doesn't um, Andrew look like Aaron Ramsey? I think he looks like uh, Declan Rice. <laughs> mm. Wait, what about? Yeah, I think he looks like Declan Rice. But it might be the haircut that makes me think that. Yeah, I was looking at Andrew. So he looks like Aaron Ramsey. So what do you think of this series so far? Um, so I, I, to be fair, I haven't watched Friday's episode, but uh, so I'm all caught, I'm almost caught up. But it's the first couple episodes were very boring. I don't love the whole um, uh, the cup the the uh, the public pick the couple's first try. Da, 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 da. I didn't like that little twist at the beginning. I didn't like that. Um, I think it was fine the way it was. Um, I do think it's a bit um, like backwards that it's always the blokes that choose. It would be nice if they switched it and let the women mm, choose because mm. it kind of feels a, a bit um, not even old school, just outdated. Yeah. Like the blokes always have to get to choose which woman they want. You know, it seems very like not 2022. Yeah. So I like the fact that the public were able to choose, but then, you know, that there wasn't much apart from Gemma and Liam, the rest of them seemed to get along quite well. So I see, I kind of thought that they, a lot of them weren't really on each other at first. I kind of felt like some of them were kind of like disappointed with the pairs that they were putting. I think I was talking to Lauren today about it. Like it'd probably be more interesting if they all went in and then had a few days before they coupled up. Because as soon as someone couples up with someone, they're trying to get to know each other and some of them are trying to be loyal and yeah. you know within like a day it's like oh you've got to tell me if you're going to chat tomorrow yeah. you know just think oh shut up you know exactly it's, it's right. not, it's, yeah. it's, there's no kind of drama in it exactly and then yeah like they, they, this is the thing with like obviously because it's all in like a, that vacuum everybody forms relationships really quickly but it's things of like when uh Ek and Sue's come in now day four or whatever and everyone's getting like some of the girls are getting a bit pissy with her because she's coming she's like yeah i want a man so i'm gonna try and get myself a man and like they're asking questions like oh you should kind of like be loyal to the girls da, 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 da. like fuck that bro. what the <laughs> hell <laughs> like you know each other for literally 72 hours but... and with davide's like you, you know oh you're snaking me out because you talked to Gemma. and someone shut up yeah <laughs> he came in there and just you know he's so arrogant that guy as well yeah yeah it's Very. funny i don't know i think perfect sort of trash tv yeah but i'm still i think i was saying to my sisters it doesn't get it doesn't really ever get like really good until we get to casa and more time that's when it's yes. starts to get a bit saucy so yeah. definitely <laughs> yeah i will say though that i feel like um looks wise i'll say that this is probably one of the weakest years like men and women for me for me for my personal taste um yeah i'm not 100 percent feeling anyone in particular um so yeah Fun, let everyone know <laughs> my, my preferences. Fair enough. I mean, get involved. You can let us know what your thoughts on Love Island are. You can tweet us at YC Podcast 17. We're on Instagram as your average critics. Uh, maybe Obi will do a poll. Um, mm. Right, let's talk about film. So, Top Gun oh, Maverick. Sorry, sorry again, quickly actually. I just saw one bit of news that you might be interested in. Um, that Squid Game's been renewed for season two. Okay. I mean, yeah, I'd be interested to see where they go with it. Mm. Did you watch it at all? I only watched... I watched the first two episodes and I did enjoy it, actually, but I can't remember what, I just stopped watching it and I can't remember why. Um, it ends kind of poorly. Okay. From my, you know, taste. Um, so, 
I was kind of hoping it'd just be one and done. I was expecting it to be like an American remake or something, but um, yeah, season two, I'd, I'd, I'll give it a go. Mm. Um, they're making a Korean version of Money Heist as well, and I'm like, well, it's not even an American remake; it's a Korean yeah. remake. I don't, again, I don't really know how different they're going to do that. I'm not going to. Didn't they do other versions of Money Heist? Or am I thinking of something else? Maybe it's something else because there was yeah. about five seasons of Money Heist. Okay, fair enough. Or La Casa del Papel, or whatever it's called in Spanish. Mm. Um, yeah. Um, Top Gun Maverick. Yes. So, the legacy sequel, as they're kind of known now, to 1986's Top Gun. So, this is uh, following Maverick in, you know, his middle-aged years. Um, he's still a captain. He's not quite made it to... I don't know what the most more senior one is, Admiral or whatever. Mm. Um, but he's working on a project for the Navy to do kind of super supersonic flights with some kind of futuristic plane, which I don't even know if it's legit or not. Uh, but he's going Mach 10, which I think planes do Mach 2. Um, so, you know, pushing the limits of, of his body is obviously trying to push that a bit too far and goes to Mach 10.3. Uh, he then gets recruited to lead the top gun of the top gun, essentially, like 12 people who have all passed the top gun program um, for a secret mission against a faceless enemy. But they need to basically do a really cool, really difficult manoeuvre of bombing a nuclear facility and then doing a really difficult manoeuvre out of it. And he's the only one that can teach them how to do it. And it's on the... Uh, Behest of Admiral Iceman Kaczynski, uh, Kaczynski, sorry, who's um, played by Val Kilmer. Uh, and so he comes face to face with the son of Goose, who's called Rooster, who he was obviously a, a figure of, in Rooster's life growing up. But you find out that he pulled his application to the Academy because he was trying to protect him. Mm -hmm. so there's that kind of quasi father son relationship there the the kind of um conflict between them he's also got a will they won't they relationship with a lady called penny who runs the bar played by jennifer Connolly, who wasn't in the original top gun but it's quite well established through the dialogue that they've had like an on and off relationship yeah i think her so, character is mentioned in the first one. Oh, really okay um but yeah so it's mostly about him you know, coming to terms with his own place in Top Gun is, is his last hurrah, maybe, um, you know, being the good friend and father figure to, to Rooster and to look after all of his recruits. It seems like the, the Navy are kind of thinking of this as kind of a suicide mission. John Hamm's character, uh, Admiral Cyclone, was saying, you know, not everyone might come out alive. And Maverick is like, everyone's coming back. So, yeah, he's obviously living up to his, his name maverick and uh you know does some daring feats and goes doesn't you know pushes the boundaries and, and breaks them and and ignores the rules mm. um it's you know structurally pretty similar to the first top gun in terms of like you said most of it is about the training and the, and the stunts and, and how they're going to do it and then the last like 20 minutes or so is, is the, the fight against the unnamed uh faceless enemy but mm. i think this film is a vast improvement on the first. Um, 
first, whilst it's good, is not really about anything. And the antagonist in quote marks is Iceman. But apart from the odd jibe here and there, there's not really any like drapes in or any, you know, like no one's getting yeah. shoved. You know. And also, Iceman ha- makes some really valid points. <laughs> so, like, yeah, I <laughs> exactly. I don't even think of him as the villain of the film, really, to be honest. No. Um, but so it's, it's more just about, I don't know, the music and the coolness. And, and that's fine. You know, it's a good film, but it's, it's not like pushing any boundaries. Uh, whereas this one, I think, has a lot more of an emotional heart to it in more than one respect as well, with mm. Maverick and Rooster, Maverick and Penny, and also Maverick and Iceman, because Val Kilmer is in this very briefly, but because of his throat cancer, he's a lot weaker and, and mostly communicates via text or like typing, and he does speak convention in the end. But um, there's, you know, quite a poignant moment there between them, which, you know, kind of transcends the actual film and, and kind of you can maybe see that there's a real genuine friendship there between the two actors in real life um so i thought that was like pretty touching um and then you kind of got a similar back and forth you've got hangman um who's kind of the maverick of Hot gun maverick in a way that he's he's a bit arrogant and when he's pushed the rules and be a bit dangerous and then you've also got Rooster, who's, you know, like very cautious because of his father's passing. But um, yeah, I mean, I I thought in every regard except the music, this yeah. this was better. The acting was better. The stunts were amazing. I mean, obviously it's helped. It's like thirty odd years later. But yeah, really. I mean, I said in my review on Instagram, I couldn't really fault it. What do you think? Oh, sorry, I thought. <laughs> oh, sorry, I left that pause as like a invitation for you to talk. <laughs> sorry, because I thought I was thinking for a minute that you'd gone again. Um, but no, oh, sorry. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm funny. Um, I uh, I know I'm in the same uh, boat as you two. I really enjoyed it. I don't think it's quite as good as um, because like it, it on my uh, social media, like people. This has like been a phenomenon. Like people have been talking about it as if it's like you know, best film of the year and stuff like that. I don't think it's quite that good. Um, but I do think, yeah, it's definitely, it's pretty much everything that the first one was, but better in, yeah, like you said, like in every aspect, better acted, a better story, more diverse characters. Um, I think that the only thing that I could really fault it for, again, well, the, the music isn't as good as the first one, but the, that first one is just like, the 80s in a in a in a nutshell <laughs> like they just take a good few songs and just like pack it in and they cram it in and play them over and over and over again mm-hmm. like danger zone gets played about 74 times <laughs> in yeah. that have you ever time. seen um archer no ah uh, so that's the, the only the animated adult you know program yeah. there's a recurring gag in that where um he starts like humming. I think Top Gun's his favourite film, and he goes that. <laughs> it just like every time he's in a dangerous situation, he goes danger zone. And it's just like hilarious, but I don't know. Yeah. Ollie would <laughs> like that. Ollie would like that reference. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I think it's interesting to to see kind of like I think how far I think that Tom Cruise has come as an actor as well. Because um, I think not that he's like, you know stellar or anything 
like, but not to do him a disservice, I think he's definitely improved, even if you compare it to that first. You can definitely tell that he's kind of like evolved as an actor and like those emotional emotional beats, I think he can definitely hit a lot better compared to um, the first one when like, for example, when Goose dies, um, even though he he's not bad in those moments, I think he wasn't, he's not great in those moments of like conveying like genuine you know, uh, sorrow for his friend in a way that doesn't seem overacted, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, in this one, in comparison, when you've got him, like, you can feel his, how, like, uh, emotionally, what's the word? Emotionally, how he feels kind of like towards Rooster kind of thing of, like, feeling, like, sorry for him. Also kind of, like, uh, you can tell probably it's still part of him that kind of, like, feels partly responsible for his dad dying. And then also re- him really wanting to look out for his best friend's kid. And even like compare that to even the bits, the parts with like Iceman, obviously them two becoming like really good friends and uh, his scene after when they have his funeral and stuff like that. I think he did well to, and even actually the bits where with him and uh, Penny, Penny, mm-hmm. even those I think um, were actually really good as well. I would have preferred, um, if they brought back um, Kelly McGuinness, McGillis, whatever that is, yeah, um, for the role, because um, I think that would have been better. But obviously, I didn't do that. Um, but I didn't mind. The, I think they had pretty decent chemistry, those two. Um, although I didn't l- particularly love that storyline, and even like mixing the daughter in with it as well. It was uh, funny though when he jumps out the window to try and not get caught. That was funny. That, that was very funny. Like right there. That was very funny. But then she was, oh yeah, don't break her heart again. I was like, oh, okay, so. <laughs> Um, yeah, I thought that uh, the last half an hour is like epic. Like, it was just really, really, really like from from when from when uh, John Ham removes him from uh, from training the Top Guns. From then on, and obviously he goes and to show them that they can do it in two thirty, and I think he does it in two fifteen or whatever it is. Like from that point almost to the end of the film, I was like faultless. There were multiple times where I thought that um, he was going to die or that Rooster was going to die um, or any of them were going to die, really. So I think they did really well to like build tension in those moments. And I think that does two things I think they do well to help do those things is like the sound engineering and um, just being able to kind of like hear and feel um, what's going on around them, as well as hearing like the, the stress in their voice whilst they're kind of like... Um, maneuvering the plane i think it helps that they were actually in the air doing it um yeah as they were as they were doing the action sequences um so i really enjoyed that and also um shit what was the second thing i was gonna say uh the, uh that's no it doesn't matter but anyway just i think the quality of the action sequences and how they were filmed i think really lends itself to kind of thinking oh like these guys are actually like in danger like they're they're actually could be a chance that they, they don't make it out of this um, and even like when they were doing like the montages, like the training bits up until that point where like they're failing at this bit or they're flying too fast going up and then the guy almost passes out. And oh, yeah, even, yeah, even the guy, I think it was Payback, passes out on his way up uh, whilst they're training. And Tom Cruise has to kind of like fly up close to him to get his radar to come off to get him to get him to wake up so he can actually get his plane going up. Like that bit, I thought he was going to die. And then the bit with um, Phoenix and Bob, um, which was like so eerily similar to uh the incident that goose died in in the first one um, and yeah. they had they had to eject from their thing like 
And even then, I thought, oh shit, they might die as well. Like, <laughs> so yeah, they did really well to build the tension in those moments to maybe actually care for these characters. I think, yeah, you're definitely right. I think it, I was there was definitely points where I thought Maverick would die, and, and I thought, oh, it's a classic maybe like legacy sequel thing where to bring him back and kill him off. I think it could have worked either way. I think it works the way it does. Um, but I think they also do a good thing in the sense that. I mean, the opening five minutes is exactly the same as Top Gun, but that's for nostalgia, yeah. um, which I think is absolutely fine. And, you know, you get the danger zone and whatever. Um, but this one, it does a lot of similar things. And there's points that you can watch like certain characters and go, ah, he's kind of this version of um, Iceman or Maverick or whatever. But you also, it's also di- like different enough. So you think like what you're talking about with... Um, uh, Phoenix and Bob, you think, oh, this is going to be the same way it happened with Maverick and Goose, but no, it's, there's a similarity, but they do it differently, and I think mm-hmm. that's one thing that is has worked really well with Maverick is that they've they've kept a lot of what we liked about Top Gun, but they've mm-hmm. managed to improve it, and I think that's a massive massive credit to it because a lot of sequels um, and legacy sequels are that kind of just either rehash or don't necessarily improve upon, yeah. um, or they become really postmodern and meta like mm. your screams and your halloweens and stuff mm. and, and it doesn't always work whereas this i think was solid and mm. um yeah i mean I, I think i said that it was a shame that they they initially had a cast of 12 top gun graduates but they only ever focused on six of them so yeah. you knew that the other six were not going to make it so i kind of felt that, that was a bit pointless but it doesn't detract from the film enough for me to kind of knock it too much lower than I gave it. Yeah, no, I I agree with that. Um, but then I suppose you kind of like put it in a way where if you do focus on those other characters, then you probably ended up at least a te- another ten, maybe fifteen minutes extra of film, which might mm. then you know make it make it may feel a bit too long for some people. Um, but I was going to say another just like a couple of things that I remember and that I liked. Like um, I really I got I actually got quite emotional when. Um, at the end, when uh, Top Gun, so when Tom Cruise says, "Oh, to Rooster, thank you for saving my life," and Rooster says, "Oh, that's what my dad would have done," and like I was like, "Oh, <laughs> 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 I feel goose, man, I feel goose." And even also, did you get goosebumps, mate? I actually did. But I also got to say as well, I watched this in 4DX as well. Oh yeah, how was that experience? Um, so it's actually so this is the first time I've watched anything in 4DX, um, and I thought this would be like the perfect thing to watch it in because obviously there's a lot of like movement and shit. Um, with like planes and stuff obviously um, but I know I really enjoyed it um, and it like I think it probably helped me like it, that combined with the way some of the action scenes were shot like looking uh, both from looking at something like a uh, first person view and also second person view I guess looking directly at the yeah yeah second person view I think definitely enhanced like uh, my experience kind of like being in it with them kind of thing. Because I, I was like kind of making similar movements to how they were moving. Um, so yeah, I really enjoyed that aspect of it. And I think if you're going to see something in 4DX, I would recommend going to see that. You definitely, um, you basically watched it in a simulator, didn't you? Well, yeah, basically, yeah. yeah. I mean, I watched Jumanji 2016 one, whenever it came out in yeah. 4DX, and I just got whiplash. <laughs> it was not, not a pleasant experience. But I'm sure with Top Gun Maverick, it'd be good. Yeah, um, for sure, for sure. Um, not- just got- Sorry, just a couple of things, if that's okay. Yeah, of course. Um, and just the second thing was that uh, I... Enj- 
so this is a kind of a catch-22 for me. So I feel like I really enjoyed at the beginning with obviously their opening scene with that, with uh, Maverick trying to hit 10 Gs. Um, I really enjoyed that scene. I thought it was really well done. Um, and even the bit where <laughs> he hits 10 Gs and he's just like, and the guy, I think Hondo is his name, he's like, all right, now, don't do what I think you're going to do kind of thing. And then mm-hmm. <laughs> Maverick's just like, just a little bit more yeah. and he goes again I'm like oh for fuck's sake like why just and obviously he ends up you know not being, not being able to control it and the whole thing like blows up in a fire or whatever and like I like that because obviously it was a really cool scene and I was in it in that moment but also I was like does like does this guy never learn like <laughs> I know and obviously I know that's part of his character but I'm like surely by now someone who is his age probably touching 60 would be like alright let me stop being you know, like a fucking child. Like, let me let me just follow orders for one kind of thing. But I guess that's how you get the job done. So, you know. I mean, most people his age are progressing onto walking football, and he's he's well, yeah. in ten Gs. That was so funny though when he ejects from that and he walks into the diner and he's like, "Where am I?" And the little kid's like, <laughs> yeah. Uh. "Yeah, yeah, yeah." <laughs> that was jokes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I gave it an eight point five, and I stick with that actually. Um, it wasn't. Uh, you know, sometimes I get overhyped things um but I, I do think it was very very good what would you have given it uh i think i'll give it like a 7.5 maybe an 8 i think 7.5 is low is that low considering, considering you said you couldn't really fault it yeah but i just don't think it's like so like i can't yeah let's say i can't fault it but also i don't think it's like amazing like i think it's an amazing film i enjoyed it i definitely enjoyed it but it's not like, I don't know. There's not, it's not like, like the action scenes were good. Like Tom Cruise, I think was good. Um, I like Miles Teller. And then other than that, I mean, I thought that uh, I didn't, I thought the chemistry between him and the uh, Jennifer Connelly was good, but I didn't love that storyline. Um, I didn't, I thought the bit where they killed off Iceman, I liked, but also I was like, oh man, they killed off Iceman. <laughs> I, think, I, I think that was at the request of Val Kilmer, really. Okay. It was like a nice close, because he really wanted to be in it. Yeah. But he obviously has got limitations. And so I yeah. think that was his way of like concluding that story. Okay. Fair um, enough. But yeah, no, I see, yeah, that's, that's still sick of myself. Like, not that I think, like, I think it's a good, like, 7.5, I think it's a, that's a good film, I would say. Yeah, fair enough. That's a good rating. That's a good rating. Mm. Hello, Chris. How you doing? I'm all right, mate. I'm all right. 8.5, Glenn. You've been giving some good ratings recently, you know? Yeah. I know. I think, you I know. Think the backlash got to you, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm rattled. I was rattled. I'm giving bloody Jurassic World five stars. No, I'm joking. Jesus Christ. I've not seen that. Um, have you seen Maverick, Chris? No, I have not, no. Oh. I, think... I, don't think, I don't even think I've seen the first one. Oh, well, the first one's on Now TV, so uh, I'm sure you can, uh, you know, watch that before you watch Maverick, but both of us definitely recommendation um do you want to give us a quick rundown of jurassic world dominion i mean me, me chris and i have not seen it so um uh yeah i'll give you top, top like headline thoughts yeah okay cool um so this is supposed is kind of like uh jurassic park franchises i'm not gonna say it's their end game but it was like they're kind of like okay we're bringing everyone back so they bring in uh, Laura Dern, Sam Neill, uh, what's his face, Jeff Goldblum. They're all yeah. back. Uh, the other guy, the Doctor, Asian guy from the first couple, I kind of was known for laughing. I apologise. Doctor Wu. Yes, 
yeah, bring him back. Obviously, they interweave that with the current story. Um, and it's not the worst film I've ever seen. Um, so I've seen people compare it to, I think, Transformers The Last Night, and it's nowhere near that wow, bad. Wow, wow. nowhere near that bad. That's genuinely one of the worst films I've ever seen. But if you have to preface it with, it's not one of the worst films I've ever seen, <laughs> then that's, all, that's like immediately damning. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what is like? There's maybe one really cool action sequence um, in where they like where Chris Pratt is like on a motorcycle running away from a couple of dinosaurs. Which made me think actually, I feel like Chris Pratt would be a really good Indiana Jones. But anyway, um, which was really good. The rest of the film, I think, is just not not great. Um, there are characters. It feels like they, they edited a lot out um, of it. There's a character, the Wonder Wise plays a character who's a pilot who just on a whim, not on a whim, but she just kind of like randomly decides to help uh, Chris Pratt and uh, uh, Bryce Dallas Howard. And she's just like along for the ride just because. And I don't really know why she decides to help them. And then um, the guy who plays uh, Peter Parker's dad in Amazing Spider-Man, he's like the bad guy. And he's written really weirdly. Like he's kind of like supposed to be this like Steve Jobs type character but they write him as a bit of like a uh, eccentric sort a bit eccentric but also really like offish and like secluded and there's one bit where he just starts like fucking I'm sh- it looked like he was trying to be a dinosaur and it really it was, <laughs> it was really it was really weird um the dinosaurs in this are stupid um they don't really there's points where they could just kill the the main characters and they just they just decide not to and I'm just like, okay, don't really understand that. Um, so in the same way, I think that Top Gun Maverick and also the first Jurassic Park do really good, really good job of building tension to make you actually afraid of like what might happen to these characters. Jurassic World does not do that at all. They try through like the music and stuff, but it's the music always sounds really like over polished, if that makes sense. And I feel like in the Jurassic Park original film, it was very much like more simple and very much like uh unsettling whereas in this one it kind of felt a bit more triumphant a bit more like kind of like trying like you're trying to do too much um so i never really felt like these characters were in any danger whatsoever um which is mental because obviously like you know there's been loads of dinosaurs running around um the there are multiple points where characters should have died um like chris pratt and uh and the Wonder Wise, their characters literally crash a plane into into some ice and they survive. Um, and then Chris Pratt goes into some ice water for about 15, 20 seconds and gets out of it. And he is absolutely fine. He should have hypothermia, he should be dead. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, there's a car that flips around about 72 times and they, everybody's absolutely fine. It was cool to see, you know, the original trio uh, back um jeff goldblum Laura Dern, sam neill that, that was nice they had a couple of nice moments um but outside of that i think what they were surrounded with the story that they were trying to tell i just did not care about um there's a little girl who plays like a from the if you remember from fallen kingdom the girl who is revealed as a clone um she's kind of like in the like, oh i'm a clone I'm not a real person duh, 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 duh. i've got i've got a mum and then realize she how she does have have a mum because her mum her mum made her but her mum also inserted her into herself so she could give birth to her. 
Um, so she, her mum gave birth to herself. <laughs> and then the mum. I don't mom, remember. I don't remember being a clone in form. Oh, do you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She yeah. was a clone. She was definitely a clone at the end. And then yeah, she did that sure. fair stupid thing where everyone let her fucking release dinosaurs. Yeah, exactly. It makes oh. no sense yeah, whatsoever. Oh, and all. Okay, oh, she just reminded me. Thank you. So, so they released. She released the dinosaurs at the end of the last film, and then at the start of this film, they have like a little news clip, basically like updating us what's been happening in the past four years. And they're like, oh yeah, there's like, there's been 37 dinosaur-related deaths in the past four years. And I was like, bullshit. 37. 37. That's it. Bullshit. Hold on, hold on though. I, that doesn't, I swear the dinosaurs just get released on Jurassic Park, right? Well, they they make somehow make, make their way to like the outside world, so they're just chilling in random places on Earth, like outside of the park. I'm sorry. In four years, if dinosaurs yeah. were bullshit, released, there would be no human race left. Literally, I was like, this is bollocks. But anyway, wow. that annoyed I mean, me. The why time. the hell is this film two and a half hours long? It's so long. Oh my god, the film's is so long. Is it two long. and a half hours? Wow. Yeah, it's so long. That's why I don't <laughs> want to watch it. Yeah. See, I, I want to watch it because I, I like Jurassic Park films, but like the, the this trilogy has been pretty, yeah, average. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. not to cut you off too much, Obi, but we, do you want to wrap up and we'll talk about uh. The, the TV shows we've got yeah, 28, no 28 minutes till Love Island, mate. Oh shit! Yeah. Uh, so yeah, um, yeah, I wouldn't recommend anyone go see this in cinemas. Um, I'm hoping that this is kind of like the end of the franchise here, but I don't think it will be. So because I think it's film, I think it's actually made quite a lot of money this opening weekend. So yeah, it's I the like stand, it's the stands, mate. People who love Jurassic Park, they just want to go and see it. Because yeah. I I just want to see it to finish the trilogy, but I just know it's not going to be good. Yeah, I feel like. Do you reckon a TV series would be good at this? Um, I would say yeah, but also I feel like a TV series with like dinosaurs in it, you would need you would need a, a pretty big budget for it to kind of like look good, which I don't think they'd be willing to put money into. Oh, did you ever watch Primeval? No. Yes. Oh, that was sick. That was on ITV yeah. <laughs> with an ITV budget. <laughs> yeah. True. But True. I'm sure they'll they will reboot this in like ten years. Yeah. You know. Oh, yeah. I will say as well, some of the CGI in the sorry, just across the board, the CGI and the dinosaurs was really good. That's like the best thing about the film, I'd say. That's good. That's good. So give us a score out of 10. Uh, five. Okay. Can you do a little Instagram review? <laughs> <laughs> bang, bang, bang average review. I'm micromanaging. I'm sorry. Um, right. Let's talk about Ms. Marvel. Uh, so this is the latest MCU canon TV show to release on Disney+. Plus. Uh, it is about the titular character Ms. Marvel, aka Kamala Khan, um, who is a Pakistani American teenager who is obsessed with Carol Danvers, Captain Marvel. Uh, she's her favourite of the Avengers and a bit of a fangirl. Um, and essentially, we've seen one episode, it's kind of introducing us to her, her family, her friendship dynamics um and her kind of fandom um she does little doodles and fan fiction and and kind of youtube videos and stuff um and then towards the end of the episode we get uh an idea of how she gets her powers so from the comics chris would probably be able to correct me if i'm wrong she the character has the ability to stretch all of her limbs kind of and grow kind of like mr fantastic is that right i believe so okay and, and then in as well can't she she can what sorry i think she can make them bigger as well okay um and in this one 
there's like a family heirloom bracelet which she puts on as part of like a cosplay costume and inadvertently discovers that she can shoot out which kind of looks like glass or crystal sort of stuff that you know elongates her hand or she uses it to step you know um up onto thin air essentially um so yeah i mean i i quite liked this first episode i think it had a good energy to it i liked iman villani in the title role and from all accounts of interviews i've seen and heard she is essentially kamala khan herself because she is also like a massive mcu fan and and no. Did you see, um, sorry, did you see the video of her trying to name all the MCU films in one minute and she forgot about Captain Marvel? <laughs> yeah, she, oh, no. She forgot <laughs> Captain Marvel, Guardians films, Hulk, and mm. there was another one right there, but I can't remember. Mm. That's funny. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I quite liked it. It was, it was, you know, yeah, like I said, good energy, colourful. I liked the design of when she's, you know, when they're talking, they're texting, you can see the, the text on the screen or yeah. there's like, things happen to the wall where it kind of brings to life what she's talking about um so it had that had like a comic book feel but um yeah, just a bit fresh i mean chris obi what did you think of this first episode go ahead chris um yeah um i thought it was all right um i thought it was a decent introduction to her you see the friendship she's got her family i don't know if the family is uh stereotyped quite a lot but I think that in the ways that that adds to the character, because obviously she feels quite, uh, what's the word, like restricted to what she can do because of the her family's wants and uh, desires for her. Um, I like that her imagination was uh, magnified through imagery on the walls and stuff. I thought that was quite clever. Um, I like that we saw her plan how she would see it, but obviously it didn't work out that way. Um, I thought the whole ruckus, I guess, in the the uh, Marvel Con or uh, what, what, whatever they were calling it, Avengers uh, Con, Avengers Con, sorry, was a bit like like there was a lot going on. Uh, like, of, I wasn't uh, first of all, I wasn't sure if her powers made Ant Man's head come alive. Uh, I was very confused, and then it just fell. Um, I thought that I think there's part of me that was like when she jumped out of the way and didn't save the girl there was part of me that was like I would probably jump out of the way and then there was part of me that was like she kind of wants to be a superhero and she's just got these powers she should probably have saved someone um, but then she's a rookie isn't she? she she didn't expect to have these powers um, mm. I think the visual the visuals in this were good yeah. I actually quite enjoyed the visuals her character is so so for me at the moment i think it needs a bit more development and i'm not sure at the moment i like uh i'm a bit 50 50 on the family because i feel like the mum and again i'm maybe it's a cultural thing but i feel like the mum was way too strict um but yeah and i felt i felt i kind of felt sorry for her dad when he came in with the hulk the hulk costume yeah <laughs> he kind of just was like no no way because I kind of like was like, ah, oh, he's tried so hard, right? He's just done the wrong thing. And so he kind of, <laughs> kind of felt for both of them a little bit. But I feel like, and I say this about every single series that we see from the Disney shows, if it's only going to be six episodes, it's gonna, it's not going to be long enough. Mm. Yeah, I mean, we don't 
even have any semblance of like a, an antagonist at the moment. Which well, 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 you see that copper, don't you? At the end, who's the the interrogator for the Spider-Man films? Mm. Being shown the video of her. And they're yeah. like, so the Department of Damage Control. Which, which uh, are, are they good? Are they bad? Well, yeah. I mean, I was, I was kind of thinking, like, why is he turning up in this? Like, he's got sent a video of someone who could have powers. Like, that's not really in his remit, surely. But anyway, we don't know much about the, the DODC. Um, yeah, I think... Uh, so I listened to um, uh, an interview with some of the creative people in the show. Um, so Fisher K. Ali, who's one of the producers, um, and I think she, oh, she created the show. Um, and also... Uh, the lady who co-created the actual character of Ms. Marvel. I can't remember her name. But essentially they were saying that, you know, they tried not to be too kind of stereotypical with the family, but like they're both kind of second generation um, oh, okay. South Asian as well. And like there is an element of kind of that, that tension between like, there, you know, she's a Pakistani American, um, you know, born and raised in America, but you know, wants to be true to her heritage. So I think there is that tension there. It kind of reminded me a little bit of Turning Red, in the way that um, that character obviously was also a or Canadian, Korean, I think, um, or Canadian, yeah, Asian, and she was trying to like grow up when her family were also well the mother particularly was like trying to hold on to certain elements of tradition um, and the father was a bit more relaxed so there was definitely some definitely some um parallels there okay it's interesting to know that though because that gives us a bit more context to how people are like that they're how they're visualizing what they're trying to get across to people mm. yeah uh, i think it was um yeah like funny that the dad like trying to be really cute and you know and then, and then just like being uncool un- uncool uh yeah obi what were your thoughts um my thoughts i enjoyed it yeah i think i think i said on the last time we recorded that um basically on the trailer this is kind of like a show that i think i would enjoy um and it reminds me of a show so funnily enough again you saying it reminded you of um turning red it, this, this reminds me a bit of a show on netflix called never have i ever um which is has a kind of similar premise with like in terms of like the family dynamic um a girl from a south asian family um trying to she's like very americanized and wants to like embrace american culture because she's obviously she's lived there her whole life but her mum's very much like wants her to be more like with their you know the asian culture and kind of like be more studious and like not wanting her to kind of like go out and wear skimpy outfits and do xyz da, 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 da. um so that kind of felt those similar aspects of it um in that show that i enjoy and obviously enjoying this episode as well um i i think i agree with chris i said i do really like the visuals um it reminds me a bit of like um scott pilgrim like that kind of like style mm. um which i think is really cool um and I like how they've kind of like, so this is, in terms of visually, this is really different to any of the shows that we've seen so far. Um, and I like how they kind of like put their stamp on it. Um, and it is more of like a young adult, less mature sort of thing. Like there is doodles and she is daydreaming and, you know, she is talking about 
oh, I could be zombie Captain Marvel and that's like coming up of a wall and stuff like that because she probably th- was thinking that in like her ear during during the day and just sketching it herself and stuff like that. I love that she's got like a YouTube channel and like a little podcast about Avengers and stuff like that because that kind of like relates to like us in like this nerd culture that like has kind of like swarmed since the MCU kind of popped up and people have got, you know, articles about this and websites about this and podcasts about this and quiz about this and, you know, why she thinks Thor is secretly a gamer and da 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 da. Like, I think that's all really cool. Um, yeah. Really enjoyed that. Um, I So with the mum and dad, um, I think definitely, definitely a culture thing. And I think for me, I maybe understand it a little bit more um, coming from probably not the same culture at all, but definitely a culture where I feel like uh, my parents were a lot more strict than certain other people's parents. So I get that uh, that angle of it a bit more, I think. Um, and I understand that the mum kind of like not wanting her to be like other American girls do whatever. And like, I think she, this, this is the girl, I think Kamala says, um, oh, so like I'm going out doing cocaine or something like that. And yeah. the, whole family, the whole family just stops like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> and like, obviously I joke about that with my mum now, like, but obviously if I'd said that when I was 16, like, my mum would have gone fucking crazy. Also, like, you know, there's an element that they are kind of um, progressive in a way in the sense that they've really embraced Bruno, um, mm. her best friend. And mm. we don't know at this stage whether it's like a romantic or just platonic, but they're really like embracing of him and treat him like with, as part of their family. Um, mm. And I think it's really nice. It's reciprocated. So when he gives them the, you know, the MCU version of Siri or whatever it is, yeah. uh, and he was like, oh, I've, it understands Urdu. Yeah. That's like you know, kind of nice. The the references to their Muslim culture is was were there quite frequently, but it wasn't. It was very like understated. It was just like this is literally just part of their culture, and you yeah. know, you know. So I think that was good. It wasn't just like, hey, look, we we've got someone that you're from a group we've not represented before. Aren't we yeah. great? It's kind of just like this is a character and she exists, and this is her context. And yeah. yeah, it was like a mutual understanding from like two different cultures wasn't it like one both embracing each other almost or one embracing the other yeah i think that's you know a lot of kudos to to marvel and to the creative team in it so the directors um are so there was two directors of the first episode adil and bilal as they're known as um they are um i think they're belgian moroccan but they're muslim as well so that's like they've got a creative team around who are in or around this uh culture which i think mm. is very important um, yeah um i was just gonna say a couple couple more things um so i think kamala as a character um i enjoy and she her vibe her like charisma i think reminds me a lot of um, how Haley steinfeld plays um kate bishop mm. um who I think that at some point down the line, maybe in a few years, I'd like to see how those characters interact with each other because I do think their vibes are pretty similar. I think in terms of their characters, I think they would like be friends, like get along kind of thing. Um, really enjoyed that. I thought that the parents were funny um, at the points where they were supposed to be funny. I think there was the point like near the beginning of the episode. I don't know why it made me laugh so much, but when the, 
when they uh, after she crashes the car in their driver's test and the dad the mom and the dad are there the dad's like oh so i guess you expected her to look in the mirror every time she wanted to make it <laughs> like i was literally i was cracking up for ages i don't know why i find that so funny um so yeah and i think that i'm curious to know with the mum with the mum in particular so obviously uh she sees kamala pick up the bracelet thing and she kind of like snatches it away from her and says oh yeah take this upstairs and then the mum also says about um the mum also says uh she's complaining about um kamala fantasizing she says something something along the lines of like i've had enough i've had to deal with like people fantasizing all my life or something like that um and i'm wondering if she's talking about her mum or if she might maybe talking about um herself um and i'm curious to know like if they're going to dive a bit more into maybe the mum uh, maybe the, the grandma had superpowers maybe the mum had the powers and like had to deal with that her her like her whole life kind of thing so i'm hoping the next couple of episodes they kind of like go into the bit of the backstory about that and maybe how yeah. that affected the mum's life and maybe that's why the mum is a bit conservative now so yeah i feel like they definitely have to go into that they definitely have to because it was such a i want to say it was such a throwaway comment but it really wasn't it was it was so like evident by like the way she expressed herself to seeing those that bracelet mm. was just yeah. like I think it's more than I think it's the grandma used to use the bracelet. Maybe not in the way that Kamala's going to use it. The mum did maybe I, I've got a feeling the mum didn't believe her or something. I don't know, but like I feel like it, yeah, it has to be explained. Otherwise, it's going to be it's going to piss me off. They're kind of quite deliberate with things, aren't they? There's not a lot I don't think of like unresolved, you know, pieces of dialogue when that when they kind of dangle something. But if they do go down that route then again it's very turning red <laughs> that's exactly what you know the character yeah. of turning red you know their mother and grandmother um yeah so um i'm interested to see what interested to see where this goes um i think yeah i think you got no i was just gonna say i think it's a, you know a, a decent start you know fresh it's it's not kind of it's it's different enough from the ones we've seen to be like oh okay i'll give this a go yeah i think it could have been a lot worse it could have been a lot better but it's a good starting point i think i think yeah. also one of you didn't one of you make a comment that you think like the bracelet might be something to do with like the 10 rings and like an ancient artifact yeah i, I suggested it was similar you know in terms of like you know it, it, the the bangle imbues power rather than like kamala um and similar to how shang chi puts on the rings and then it has the power of mm. you know the, the ten rings and um yeah i mean so you were talking about Haley seinfeld's character kate bishop maybe meeting up with her are they part of the young avengers because we've had the thunderbolts film confirmed yeah. or i don't know if it's film or series but that's been confirmed oh really has it oh yeah who's, who's yeah go on sorry what did you say chris sorry i just said who's in the thunderbolts I wasn't sure because originally it would have been William Hurt's character Thunderbolt Ross, um, mm. who's from Iron Man, I believe. No, the Hulk film. Hulk, yeah. And he's, I think he's in one of the Captain Americas. In Black Widow, well, I think for a bit. Yeah, but he passed away that actor. So I imagine it's they're kind of like this. Apparently, I, I read it as they're like a Suicide Squad, but like a Marvel version. So I imagine it would be Yelena and maybe Moon Knight and. Um, I don't know, Taskmaster? I don't, I don't know who, who might be so, in it. So, Thunderbolts 1, there was uh, Zemo, characters we haven't met yet, uh, Hawkeye, so 
cyclone like this bear just we haven't met and in, in thunderbolts 2 we don't we haven't met any of these characters and in thunderbolts army doc ock jack o'lantern mm. like i don't think we've heard of any of these characters so i think they're just going to make it up as they go along as they're like anti aren't they like anti-hero characters yeah so i mean i don't know if they're going to build up to a team up of that i don't know i, I don't think there's much more details other than you know they, they've started to talking about it um yeah. and confirmed it as like a product uh they might you know if a lot of these characters are starting off in disney plus shows they might just make it a disney plus show i don't know yeah um to answer your question as well Glenn, i'm actually not sure if kamala khan is part of the young avengers but i know that kate bishop is i'm pretty sure kamala khan is part of a young avengers yeah i'm sure they'll just make their own version but they've got yeah. their their um Disney D3 thing is happening in September, isn't it? So mm. I imagine we'll get a lot more clarity because, you know, we've got the films and some shows up until next year. But beyond that, we've not got a date for Fantastic Four. We've not even got a director yet. We've not got a date for Blade. Um, and obviously, I'm sure they'll release this, you know, announce this late for the next couple of years. So I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, when that comes. Yeah. So according to this article, right, Young Avengers could could consist of... Kid Loki, uh, Eli Bradley, Patriot. Yeah, he was in Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah, Tommy and Billy Maximoff, but I just don't think that I don't think it's possible to bring them into it. Cassie Lang, because they changed the actress for that, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Miss America, which is America America Chavez. Uh, Kate Bishop, Hawkeye. And that's that's the list they've got on this thing. I feel like Kid Loki and. I think um, a lot of them are long shots, but I think Patriot, the Kate, um, Kate Bishop, America Chavez, and uh, Ant Man Wasp's kid. They, I think they're possibilities. Yeah, and I think Kamala would probably fit in with that because obviously the age thing. Mm. Um, I, I just feel I personally feel like the the way that they, they made the the uh, the relationship with uh, Helena and Yelena. Kate Bishop's um, huh? Yelena. Yelena, sorry. Yelena and Kate Bishop's Hawkeye character. I feel like they've got to be in a team together somewhere. Because mm. it yeah, just doesn't seem necessary to have that chemistry otherwise. Yeah, I agree. Um, we don't have too long. Glenn, sorry, about. quickly. I just want to say as well, I just want to make a blanket statement that um, <laughs> I just want to say Marvel fans are some of the worst fans ever. <laughs> I just want to put that out there. Because like, well, I have, there was a really good Marvel fans. There was also some really shitty Marvel fans. I'm just looking at this tweet from uh, Culture Crave on Twitter, and like they're saying that 25% of the ratings for uh, Miss Marvel's first episode are one star, one star, compared to the next one, which is Moon Knight, which is 4%. And like to me, that says that it's very obvious that there's some like underlying review bombing, like misogyny, Islamophobia, that kind of thing going on here, to, to, to be completely honest, because I think that's for. for a quarter of the people who are reviewing it to say, oh yeah, it's one star. That just doesn't, that's just not a thing. <laughs> it's just I like, stupid. I feel like a lot of people don't try and understand or don't try and like even embrace other cultures and they just go straight for the like, I hate this, I hate this, I'm not even going to bother like exactly. trying yeah. to embrace it. They're like, whereas, oh, it's been shoved down I, my throat. It's like, oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> whereas if there's something I don't understand, I'll either like research it or I'll give it a bit of time and I'll try and like, 
develop my understanding of it. Whereas I think people just straight off the bat, just like take, just, just don't fucking go for it. It's just, yeah. it annoys me. It does annoy me so much. Yeah. But it's yeah. like closed minded. Like, I think, yeah, exactly. I, think it, I don't know what it is, but like Marvel and Star Wars, I think are two of the worst fan bases for that. Which is a shame because I really like both those fan bases, but yeah, stuff like that really gets on my tits, man. Yeah, yeah, there's just absolutely no need for it. You know what I mean? Like, you don't get people of other cultures going, "Oh, it's not a fucking white man in the in a film and review bombing that." Do you know what I mean? Like, it's oh, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. But people um, tried to do this, sorry, just quickly as well. People tried to do the same to Captain Marvel as well when that came out. Are people review bombing that as well? And I was just like. Why? Like, what? Just be normal. Like, <laughs> yeah. like I, I mean, I just don't get people. Man. Luckily, I don't know how much reviews really no, like impact people viewing things now because there's so much you can find out about a show or a film like online that you know, rather than previously, if you read, you know, Roger Ebert's review, that could make or break a film. Now, I don't think it's that important. Like, if you see imdb or you know it's like 4.1 or whatever you're not gonna be like oh it's gotta be shit then because i mean you even look at audience scores versus critic scores there's such a disparity between those now um but yeah i mean it's a massive shame and and obviously moses ingram who plays the third sister in obi-wan has, has had a lot of backlash but thankfully people like Ewan mcgregor and, and um, Mar- um star wars themselves have like come out and kind of yeah supported her which is good uh which is probably better better than the last episode of obi-wan which you know <laughs> it we can talk about it more in a couple of weeks maybe when it's over but the, uh, this episode was not too good it was just a bit boring it was like yeah, a filler I episode I but i well. do the thing i did like about this episode as much as i slate I, I think sometimes i slate it more than i give it benefit of the doubt but they did loads of like i did a, they did loads of what i don't mean to say that but they did a few bits where they like retcon back to other the film and stuff where they like the frozen kid mm. i think a lot of people thought that was the kid from the film where everyone thought anakin killed him and stuff mm. they're frozen in that slab oh yeah okay like, are they are those so are they, are, they, are they frozen i thought they were dead they may be dead i i'm not 100 percent sure to be to be honest with you um but yeah like chris said i think there's a couple moments in the episode which i think are really cool i really liked um just as Obi-Wan's going to save uh, Leia, the, the lights go dark and the lightsaber just beams up and then he starts, yeah. you know, was... whacking, the, whacking the geezer. I thought that was really cool. I liked that he was using that breathing apparatus uh, in the water, which we've only seen once, I'm pretty sure, on Phantom Menace. We never Phantom... saw anyone use it ever again. <laughs> yeah. um, I thought it was ridiculous. The uh, the devices that these two, we, that Tala and Obi-Wan were using to talk to each other were bare loud. Like, yeah. And the geezer next to Tala was just looking at her like, and Obi was just speaking to her, oh, like, where are you? Where are you? And the, the guy's not cocking that. She's okay. like, fucking spy. Voice noting each other about headphones. Like, it was so stupid. I was like, oh, the- <laughs> so dumb. Like, they're not got an earpiece or something. Um, yeah. I liked Obi Wan using the force uh, to control the uh, the water from coming in the thing. I thought that was cool. Um, that's about it, really. To be honest. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just another series where someone. A middle-aged man's chasing after a baby. Mm. It rinse and repeat. I I hope that so. Um, I thought to be honest because they've got the little uh, scene with um, Leia and uh, third sister Reva or Reva, um, and I thought that during that scene, 
uh, Leia would be like, oh, Obi-Wan's going to come save me because he's great and da-da-da. And she'd be like, nah, Obi-Wan is this, 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 and that's why. And then we find out why she hates him so much. But they yeah. didn't do that. I thought that was really like a missed opportunity for them to, for them I to agree. You know, explain we're, that. We're two-thirds of the way through the series. And mm. I'm kind of thinking, like, I'll probably have one more lightsaber fight between Darth Vader and Obi-Wan and we might find out you know there'll be a fight between Reva and Obi-Wan and Reva will probably die but like it kind of I'll probably look back on this series and be like points you know like mm. we've, Darth Vader has barely been like a, a part of this in terms of his relationship to Obi-Wan so unless the next two episodes are just going to be fully about their relationship kind of but didn't they accidentally spoil that there's going to be a season two did they I thought I thought someone. Oh, spoiler, Chris! Whoa, whoa! This is a spoiler-free podcast, mate. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm no, joking. Go on, go on, go on. <laughs> go on, Chris. No, that's it. So oh, they just... announced it then. No, I don't know. I feel like uh, there was an interview and someone went. Oh, what was it? it someone said to like you and McGregor or someone else. I was like, is this the end? And they were like they were really ambiguous with it and then they kind of like hinted towards that it isn't the end of the series. So you have to think at this point as well, to your point, Graham, you have to think at this point as well, like sure. I'm thinking episodes five and six are going to be heavy Hayden Christensen because, or maybe like flashback heavy. Cause otherwise you're thinking, why did they bring him back? If he's not going to yeah. be, cause all we see, we saw one glimpse of him in like a little thing in Obi-Wan's mind. In episode three, I think, and that's it. We haven't seen anything else of him, his actual face. But they've also hinted towards him having his own Darth Vader series, haven't they? Yeah, but that would also be pointless because, you know, by the time Revenge of the Sith is over, he's already disfigured, so there wouldn't be any point having Hayden Christensen, and he's definitely not doing the stunts in the suit. So, yeah, Yeah. I don't know. We'll we'll see. I mean, it's it's on, so I'll watch it when it you know on a wednesday <laughs> uh, and we'll talk about it when uh, when it's finished so um before next time i can't imagine i'll watch uh jurassic world but what else is coming out we'll have a couple of episodes of Ms. marvel light year oh yeah light year that's i would have finished watching hustle by the next podcast oh yeah i watched that as well yeah and okay. i i watched this the, i watched the film i need to re-watch the end though with the geezer from stranger things the one with the good barnet He's in a film on Netflix. Oh, what's the name of it? Oh, shit. Steve? Steve, yeah. I don't know what the film is, but, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't know. All right. Yeah. Well, you can follow us on social media. We're on Twitter at YCPodcast17, and we're on Instagram at Your Average Critics. We're also on wherever you get your podcasts, so Apple and Spotify as Your Average Critics. Please do give us a five-star review, leave us any questions or comments, and, uh, yeah, tune in next time. Peace. Keep it sexy.